Welcome back to another episode of the Stay Oz Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm here with Jordan. What's up? What's up? Stay Oz Podcast can be found on all your major podcast outlets. Not even going to list them. You know what they are. <laughs> should by now. Yeah, you should by now, right? right? Jordan's got his NASA hoodie on. Representing right. Bulls. I have my Born of Genius t-shirt on. It will be available nice. very soon. Very soon. Along with my White Sox hat, my dearly departed White Sox. I, I just had a feeling it was coming. Uh, but, you know, kudos to May they rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Kudos <laughs> to a great season from the Chicago White Sox. Very exciting. A lot of great moments this year, especially that Field of Dreams game. Yes. Uh, but they, they ran to a Houston team that, that matched up well with them and uh <coughs> cheated. <coughs> Stop. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not I'm not taking a low road. And and I, I really no, I was trying to bait you because I know a few times they see the No, I don't I don't I don't feel that way. One, I'm I'm actually a Houston fan. I like I like their team. Um oh, no. I like now their you're team. Going no, I, I like their team. They have a very good team. And I like the fact that they've proven they can play baseball without cheating. Um, I'm yeah, not okay. a big fan of, of what... See, and Tapera, he's a, he's a Cub guy. That's why. I'm not a big fan of what Tapera <laughs> said. I, I well, see, even, even when I'm on your side, you got to throw it back you, in my face. Burn. You just said cheating. And, and let's take the high road, man. They, they beat us straight up. You know, they beat the Sox straight up. The last game, especially, was a ten to one. Come on, and and you you look. It looks like sour grapes when your manager comes out and your class. Listen, just stop. Take your beating like a man, and come back next year. Um, All right. Tony was outmanaged in that series. He was outmanaged in that series, and it it's it, it showed it showed. Uh, there was a couple. There were a couple situations, and and even in that last game, it, it ended up being a blowout. But there were some key plays, uh, and 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 in the early in the game, that dictated the rest of the game. You know, I, I distinctly remember. I think that was Tucker took two bases on Kopech, and was that was that game three or game four? One of them took two bases on Kopech, and and scored a run. And that was huge, man. It, it's 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 just like. There were certain things that were being done by Houston that were smart, well thought out, well managed, and I don't know what the White Sox were doing in some instances. And it just, you saw a true disparity. And everything that I feared and many White Sox fans feared going into the postseason that you, and you can only play who's in front of you, right? But you got fat yes, on, on weak competition. And when you played the the stronger teams in the league, you you didn't come through, and that's what I was afraid of. That's why I hated this Houston matchup. I would much rather had the Red Sox, and part of it too was down the stretch, not taking certain games seriously, because there was a couple games difference that would have given you home field. Now maybe home field would have helped against Houston, because of course yeah. you lost the road games. So. I look forward to next year. Um, I'm not a big fan of Tony LaRusso being around, but uh, I do look forward to next year. 
No, T TLR's, TLR's got to go. That's one of the changes I think they need to make is upgrade their coaching uh, at the top there. Uh, but they won't. If it was one thing, huh? They won't. They probably won't because you know how that's connected to the good old boys up top. Uh, <laughs> whatever. But uh, the one thing that I think uh, they have to work on as far as like the weaknesses, you kind of alluded to it is they did have a little bit of a struggle. I think they were close to 500 against teams that were actually the better teams in the league. They were you know, with any sport. The, the good thing is you beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. Yes. But then it seemed like it was a challenge when it came to the the contenders. And on the road. The ones you know, at home, best team in baseball. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And and that's big, especially in the playoffs. You need to need to have some road some road uh some muscle on the road. So hopefully that, that gets corrected. Just this is just the first year. This is the beginning of the window. I think honestly, in all and and I'm being completely unbiased and and just real honest here, I think the White Sox are going to correct those mistakes and become even more dangerous next year. I'm, I'm, I wasn't against the Kimball thing, so I'm not going to have revisionist history on it. TLR um, messed him up. I'm sorry. That's all coaching. You don't put him in the freaking eighth when he's a Hall of Fame closer. I know you have. I know you got your boy. You have two. Hendrix. I would have switched him out. All I would. All I just would have switched him out. Hendricks is willing to do it. Hendricks is willing to do it. I, I I don't I don't know. And it could it could have changed. It could have been a lot of factors. And that I'm, I'm not going to put that solely at Larusa's feet. But there were some instances where it's just it's in the playoffs. They started doing doing shifts when they were the team that shifted the least in baseball. Hmm. And they were doing shifts against Houston, who were the best hitting team, best situational hitting team. Like, if there's any team in baseball that will see the shift and hit the ball the other way, it's Houston. And you started doing shifts, and they were killing shifts. Like, it, it yeah. was just it was, it was just some, some things that I didn't care for. Um, but, hey, it's neither here nor there. It's over. Um, if we're if we're talking about teams that I like, because who's it's, it's the it's the Red Sox, and that's the thing. The Red Sox were there, and that's the team I know the White Sox could have beaten. Yeah, it's, it's the Red Sox and the Astros. Astros to Game One, and then you got the Dodgers, and who's left in the uh, in a the Brewers? I just in the Brewers. The Brewers won over there, right? They beat the Nationals. Who they beat? I wasn't keeping up with the NL. I was so locked in. Me neither, but I thought it was the Brewers versus uh, the Cardinals. No, Cardinals lost to the Dodgers. Okay, Cardinals lost to the Dodgers. So it was Brewers versus... Wait, who did Tampa Bay just lose to? Boston? Yes. Okay. I can't remember the other team. Oh, well. I know, I, I believe it was the Brewers. Oh, it's the That's Braves. The it's the Braves. It's the Braves and the Dodgers. Atlanta. Oh, it's the Braves and the Dodgers. So I'm, I'm somewhat of a Dodgers fan. I'm somewhat of an Astros fan. I'd like to see that series happen again. I think it'd be good baseball too. Great pitching, great hitting on both sides. And the, the, even the Astros pitching wasn't that great, but for some reason the size couldn't hit it. I, 
<laughs> Let it go, man. It's all good. Robert's going to get better. He's starting to realize how good he is and how easy he makes baseball look. Um, now, he, 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 I will say, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of push back on that. And, and well, I, I, I won't say push back. Here's my hope, and I do say hope, even for the Sox, that they do not do what the Cubs did and amass all of this talent, and then somehow, some way, the talent does not at all live up to the potential. Because on the Cubs side, after they won the one championship, you would have thought that they would have been in position to just get better and better and better because of the age of the players and the, the, the skill level of the players. And it was just, it just never happened. Everybody just batted like 200 the next year. Nobody was doing anything. The pitchers fell off. So my hope is that the Sox do not do the same thing. I think they have the best potential to get better and better. You have all these young stars. Like you mentioned, Robert uh, Eloy has to stay healthy and improve in the outfield. Uh, you got, you got, uh, uh, what is that dude's name? Sheets? Sheets is a slugger. Uh, see, yeah, I didn't necessarily feel that way about the Cubs, and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. Their, their linchpin in the pitching staff, their pitching was old. And slow. The Cubs, power the, Cubs, the Cubs had the Cubs had young hitters, but the pitching was on. With the Sox, everything is young, and that's what I think the difference is. So I go into it with a more positive approach. Uh, Lens been extended. I, I worry a little bit about that. Yeah, that was Keiko needs to go. Keiko, and and I'm gonna tell you something. I I think you might have been able to use Keiko in the playoffs in a relief role. That it playoff experience. Yeah, maybe against a former team. That would have been nice. Um, we can lose Keiko. I think Rodon's gone. But I think Cease gets better. He's got to get better with his control. Mm -hmm. I think Kopech gets stretched out and he becomes a starter next year. Uh, and Giolito is... He's got to stay consistent. Yeah, and as long as he's as long as he's at least a number two and steady, I like Jalito. My other thing, I'm greedy now. I'm a very I'm, I'm very greedy. I, my approach has always been: if you're not winning, you get better, mm -hmm. right? So you weren't good enough. So you need something else. Second base is a huge weakness to me right now. Lurie has time, timely hitting, but overall, as a player, you can do better. Right field is a problem. Second base is a problem. Hernandez was meh, eh, especially after you got here. Uh, mm -hmm. This is me talking. It's not going to happen because... We've spoken on it earlier. I want Carlos Correa. If yeah, this, I, for the people that's not obviously not seeing me, I'm shaking my head no, because especially if they win, no. If you no, but Houston, Houston's not Houston doesn't retain their guys. Like if you even if you listen to the broadcast, 
the the broadcast teams were talking like he's as good as gone, right? So I'm on Carlos Correa. I want to move. Tim has gotten better at short, but he's still defensively in, right? Mm-hmm. Move Tim to second. Get Carlos Correa in here. Like, this is the most loaded shortstop will ever be in free agency. Right? I'm going to throw, throw this, this Trevor story out there. Out there. Um, um, Trey Turner's going to be out there. Get one of these guys. Even if you get Trey Turner, put him at second. You can play second. Like, get better. Let me let me throw a name out there for you uh, to see if you're opposed to this. Javier Baez at shortstop. No. You don't want Javier? No. A couple. A couple no, 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 no. And, and it's it's. No, no, no. I know you're not. You're not, you're not. But the fan thing in New York. <laughs> Like if he does if he does that on the south side, it'll get real bad real quick. But the fan thing in New York. What what about the fan thing? Remember he was booing, he was thumbs downing the fans after every hit, and New York turned on him. And then when he was asking, people were asking questions about it. He put his he was bringing his kid with him to the uh, the post game interviews as like a shield. Doing the old Dusty Baker. Hey, you can't talk bad about me. I got my kid around. Um, and then a lot of things Javi does is is more flash than substance. You mean defensively or period? Totally. Like that's that's high, but you know I'm gonna say that's a lot. Look at that's look his at game. His game is flash. It is. What I'm saying it's more flash than substance. Look at his numbers. You're saying, okay, I, I, the only reason why I argue that is defensively, he is one of the best defensive shortstops in the game. But right. it's flashy because of how he plays. Offensively, yes, I'm with you on that side of the ball because he could dial it back and be more patient at the plate and have more no, uh, play. I'm saying he sh- he could or he should. He That's what would elevate him. He if can't. he had more plate discipline, but he doesn't have plate discipline. He's been in the league for how long now? Enough. He is who he is. So when I say more flash than substance, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like I saying I will take him over Larry Garcia. Yeah, I, there's a lot of people I take over Larry Garcia. But for what what he's gonna be asking for, once you're getting into that, I want Trevor's story. I want Carlos Correa because those are those are weighty numbers, and you get just as good a de- defense. Like the de- the difference between Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, and Javi Baez defensively is the flash, because all three of them are good defensively. Yeah. So I don't need the flash. I need the timely hitting that Correa gives me, or I need the potentially thirty nine to forty five home runs that Story. Gives me. Well, Bias gives you home runs, but he doesn't give you the discipline. He doesn't give you anything else. I got you. It's home runs. I just thought that, I saw that name out there because I was and curious nice, what you thought. And, and a nice flashy tag, Greg. Right? An awesome slide. That's cool. If I want really cool slides, I can go get Trey Turner. 
<laughs> really cool slides. Like yeah. Carlos Correa. Did you see Carlos Correa's numbers in clutch situations and in the playoff? Like, this dude's a killer, a silent killer. Like he—he's the one guy that's going to hit 289, and it seems like all those hits in his 289 come with runners on base. All right. Hey, I'm with you. And if you like, Hobby would not have helped us in the Houston series. Believe me. Well, I don't know about that. But defense wasn't the problem. The White Sox, who are notoriously notorious for throwing the ball all over the place, they weren't throwing the ball all over the place. They were making great defensive plays. They couldn't hit. Well, here's what I'll say. I I, I asked that Hobby. Wouldn't be my first choice either if all those names were on there. I, I was just throwing it out there as better than who you have. Yes, he is. Um, but if you're talking about Correa, Trevor Story, Trey Turner, Javi Baez, Javi Baez is fourth. Overall, probably. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I told you, I'm greedy. I'm aiming high. And if you're not, and if you're not gonna get me, if you're not gonna give me Correa or Story or Trey Turner or even Javi. Go give me a right fielder that I can put there for two yeah. or three minutes. You know, what I'm saying like, if you're trying, if you're in win now mode, win now. If you see what you have isn't good enough, do not march the same thing out next year. Especially if you're gonna bring back the yeah. same. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. We're going to get this this line about how Robert and, and Jimenez weren't healthy all year. And we're going to get this line about how Tim missed 40 games. That's what we're going to get. Like, I'm Tim missing 40 games, I'm chalking up to just regular. I'm only looking at a baseball player giving me 120 to 130 anyway. Nobody plays 162 like that anymore. Very few people. So I'm chalking that up anyway. Yeah, Robert's going to be healthy all year. Robert's going to probably take a leap because he's starting to realize how good he, like, of all the players, Tim played great in the series. Tim was Tim. And Robert, you, you could see in his approach to hitting, Robert was just doing whatever he wanted to do. Like, there's a gap in left center. Robert was hitting it there. So he was starting to get it. But Robert does so many things that, and he's so, so so big doing these things. He's an injury risk too. So I'm greedy, man. You want to win? Make sure you win. Yeah. Sure I'm with you. I mean, that's what the big, big, big team time teams do. LA, when they have a problem, they just throw money at it. New York, they got a problem. They throw money. Uh, L. A. is different. L. A. is different. L. <laughs> A. No, L. A. What L. A. does is, L. A. is still seventy-five percent homegrown talent. And you feel your and and the, the, Cubs, the Cubs had a similar approach, right? You you're supposed to fill your holes with your money. Use your money to fill your holes. You have Robert Jimenez, Moncada, Tim Anderson. All on these deals, right? Even you're even gonna have Kopech, Cease, all on these deals, 
that are team friendly. And you're yeah. getting bargain basement prices on these guys. Your window is small to go out and just throw money at a problem. Because at this point, there's no there's nobody coming up that's going to fix these problems. Sheets, I love them. But for some reason, they're not putting them in the outfield in the right field. So, unless, unless you go and you get your shortstop, you put sheets in right field and say, we'll deal with that. Or if you want to get Trey Turner, put him at second. He'll play either one. Or move him around. Trey Turner's done it his whole career and still been effective hitting moving around. So, whatever you got to do to get the World Series. Yeah, hit. I... I'm with you, and I, I and of course with with saying all these player movements and who you would think would be nice as an upgrade to this team for next year. Uh, again, going back to the most important move, I think is to get a new coach, get a new get a get a better philosophy in there, but get I, better. I get you, but I'm trying to Tony proof this team. <laughs> if he's still here, I don't know if you could Tony proof it because he he's he gonna do something stupid. Yeah, you can. You 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 get because Tony can't. Tony doesn't stop the hits. Like if you get Trey Turner here, and he's he's got that mid eight to nine OPS. Tony ain't stopping that. Get on base. Get guys that's gonna get on base and get them in. Tim Anderson's hits are empty because there's nobody else on base. Mm-hmm. Luis Roberts' hits are empty because there's nobody else on base. The White Sox didn't smash the ball this series. It wasn't a ton of home runs. In fact, your biggest home run was Lurie. So when guys got on base in game three, they scored. They couldn't get on base against these no-name pitchers. I'm sorry, Houston. No-name pitchers. So if they get in the World Series, Houston, and they're, they're playing the Dodgers, I fear for that staff. Somebody's going to have to step up big time. But that's not why you came. <laughs> the NBA season is upon us. So yes. staff is going to give you a hearty, healthy NBA preview. And then we're going to go, we're going to start off with an annual tradition that the NBA has begun. And uh, here at Stayoffs Podcast, we want to fall in line with that because it interests me hopefully it interests you and that is the NBA GM survey so Jordan let's dive in and see what we do and don't agree with when it comes to the front office mavens of the National Basketball yeah. Association right let's so into it. different things this is actually the 20th annual NBA GM survey uh, different things are named they talk about best players at their position, best moves of the offseason. And we'll see uh, what they say and whether the Stayoffs Podcast agrees. So let's get into the predictions. Which team will win the 2022 NBA Finals? <laughs> and it has the Brooklyn Nets at 72%, Lakers at 17%, and the Milwaukee Bucks at 10%. What say you, Jordan? Well, you know what? We'll get we'll get uh, into our prediction for that later. 
let's get into our prediction for that later, right? Okay. Um, again, who will win the East? The GM survey says Brooklyn, then Milwaukee, then Miami, then Philly, then Atlanta, then Boston, then Indiana. So that's their top seven in the East. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Boston, Indiana. In the West, it is LA, Utah, Phoenix, Denver, Golden State, Clippers, Dallas, and Portland in the West. And they were, it was close to accurate last year, except, you know, the Lakers disappointed big time. Players. Who will win the 2021-22 MVP, according to the GMs? KD, 37%. Closely followed by Luka Doncic at 33. Giannis, Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Steph Curry. What do you think about that, Jordan? Uh, I would do a little bit of switch and ruin in that one. I don't think KD, even though there's Kyrie's in limbo for that team, so KD will probably have more more value with uh, carrying that team along with James. But uh, to me, I think it's kind of hard to give it to either James and Kevin when they're on the same team. I would probably say this is the year Luka gets it because I kind of thought Luka had it last year before uh, – Jokic came out of nowhere, and Joel Embiid was was doing this thing. So I'm gonna say Luca. Funny you should say that, because if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Forty three percent of the GMs said Luka Doncic. Your dog gone right. Your dog gone right. Followed closely by Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Also receiving votes still, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. People would still start their franchise with LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Zion Williamson. Last year, it was a tie with Luka and Giannis. So it's, it's pretty yeah, much. I'd, I'd, I'd start Zion out with a, with a meal plan first. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, God, sorry. Yeah, Zion, I mean, you know, nothing against the kid. We've talked about him for years. Zion has no desire to play defense at this point, it appears. I like defensive plays. See, people mistake that for good defense. Oh, yeah. look at that block. Look at it. Yeah. Let's chase downs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? What would you say, Jordan? In your opinion. Uh-uh. Well, I mean, they got Steph Curry here first. I would actually put Giannis up there. Giannis, uh, and, and by all accounts, it looks like he worked on his outside shot more. So you really are going to have a hard time game planning for him if he starts hitting threes better. Uh, so I'm going to say Giannis. You know how I feel about threes and Giannis? Not necessary. If Giannis is booking that 17-18 footer, you're going to see a lot of uh, yeah. game six <laughs> replays. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. But I I think that I agree, but I'm I'm a Curry fan, but I agree. 
Curry forces the most adjustments because maybe other, other than Lillard, but Steph does it far more consistently and routinely. No other team besides Golden State do you have to extend your defense that far. On top of the fact that the underestimated skill Steph has is the ability to get to the basket at will. Great court vision. He makes he makes the key passes. And now with a with a, another year in the Wiseman's belt, Clay Thompson yeah. coming back. Guys are going to make the shot when he passes it. So mm, we'll see though. We'll see. Kevin Durant was second at 20%. LeBron James still forcing adjustments. That was third. James Harden fourth. Giannis fifth. Jokic uh, sixth. And Luka and Joel Embiid also received votes. So I'm surprised Luka isn't higher. But I, I guess you don't have to adjust. To yeah. yeah. He's just going to, he's going to, no matter what you do, he's going to score 40. <laughs> Which player is most likely to have his breakout season in 2020? Yeah, this is where it gets controversial because I do not like this list. Why does it get controversial here, Jordan? I don't like the person at the top. You understand what a breakout season is? I do, yeah. All right. And I'm not saying I agree. <laughs> I don't know what a breakout season. Yeah, of course I don't. Number know what a one for breakout season is Jaron Jackson Jr. That's right. You weren't a you you weren't a JJJ fan, were you? No, not not when he got drafted. I'm not saying he isn't good. He, he did real good. Uh, he he's been real good. I I I, I'm, I was wrong about him, but I don't think he's going to have the most breakout season this year. Anthony Edwards not is not this list. Michael Porter Jr., yeah. number three. Darius Garland, number four. Keldon Johnson, tied for fourth. Mm. With John Morant, I don't know how Jai would have a breakout season when he is who he Thank is. Thank you. Yep. Um, and Kevin Porter in Houston, also receiving votes. Aiden, the Ball Brothers, Melo and Lonzo. Shea, Gilgis Alexander. DeAndre Hunter, Karis LeVert. Terrence Mann, Carl Anthony Towns, and Zion Williamson. And Devin Vassell got a vote. <laughs> yeah, you see you see why this list doesn't make sense? It's like you have it's some that make sense and then others that don't. An Antonio vote. The reason being is because remember now, that that's not too far-fetched because by all accounts, he's going to start for DeMar. So, I mean, somebody's, yeah. somebody's got a score. Well, well, here, here's here's my... I think there's two that I would look at as a tie. Kevin Porter Jr. in Houston uh, because James is gone. That's a full season now where it's just him and Jalen Green, the number two rookie, uh, really kind of getting, getting the reins of that team. They, they, they'll probably get to do whatever they want to do while they're being rebuilt over there uh and then i got lamello i think lamello is going to put up even better numbers than his rookie season because he'll start from the very beginning of the season so who's your breakout so I player I, well i said it's a tie between those two if i had to really pick i would say lamello 
I don't know why Jaron Jackson's at the top there. I don't think he will have the best breakout season because Ja's on his team. So I don't think that will that will distinguish him from 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 everybody else. I think, you don't think there'll be a, a two man two man pick and roll combo of a nightmare for teams every night. Well, it won't be a nightmare. I mean, there'll be days where he will take advantage of it. He had a nice game yesterday against the Bulls, and he has a, a, a nice outside shot he's worked on. I, I'm not saying that he won't be good at all. I just think that there are better picks in this list. Uh, again, one being LaMelo, because LaMelo, number one, has the ball in his hands. He has very, very good court vision, and I think his numbers are just going to get better uh, being an all-around point guard. I will uh, argue that Michael Porter Jr. is going to make more people regret not drafting him this year. Don't remind me. Yeah. Yeah. So my pick is Michael Porter Jr. All right. So we get to the position. Arturis and and AK we trust, huh? Well, they weren't here yet. I know. I'm just saying that that guy was pretty spot on with his picks back then, too. But I digress. We're on to the position rankings. Who is the best point guard in the NBA? What do you think, Jordan? Okay, this this list is goofy, but I I agree with... You know some of these ain't no dang point guards. Uh... But if you put them I there. would say uh, <laughs> yeah, they put them there, but uh, yeah, I, I, I go Steph Curry. Steph Curry makes sense. I was going to say Luca a little bit, but Steph Curry. Yeah, I agree. Steph Curry. It said so the GMs have Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, and Chris Paul. What's wrong? Why is LeBron James on this list? LeBron played point guard. He for just, the just always sneak his way into everything. He played point guard for the Lakers last year. No. Okay. All right. Whatever. Does he play point guard for the Lakers now? I don't know what's going on. Well, yeah. Oh, Russ. <laughs> Russ. Because Russ. Russ. <laughs> Please. But when Russ, he's got, I guess he's, he's going to be the steadying force. He's going to be the steadying force when Russ goes Russ. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? Maybe I'm just too old school still. I still look at point guards as as they should be. You know, I know it's becoming positionless basketball, but I still think a point guard is a point guard. Like, that, I still think you should distinguish who a point guard really is on each team. And out of these five, realistically, three of them are legit point guards. Luka is a very talented player that knows how to facilitate, and he's the best facilitator on his team, but he's really a small forward. So is LeBron James. So simply height makes them their position? And... Dude, weight and all that. I don't. Hey, look, look. Don't get. Don't. Don't try and get too deep. 
Uh, so you know what I'm so trying to say. Steph Johnson. Curry, Dame Lillard, and Chris Paul so are prototypical point guards. Hey, man, what's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to take my point away. I'm sticking to what I said. Right? Yeah, Magic Johnson was a was a was was a unique point guard. Okay, exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Who's the best shooting guard in the NBA? The GM said James Harden, followed by Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, also receiving votes Bradley Beal, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant. Uh, shout out to Zach Levine. I think he's better than Devin Booker. But you yes, James Harden. Oh, no, I won't. I will not do it until the end of this year, and it will be proven. Nope, not at all. And look at this. You know Devin Shooting Booker. Shooting guard and point guard, Luka Doncic is in both. See yes. what I'm talking about? Yes. He's that good. He's that good. You do understand Devin Booker was, at, at worst, the second best player on a finals team, right? On his team, yes. On a finals team. Because of Chris Paul. That's the reason why they got to the finals. Not because of Devin. Let's stop acting like we don't know that. Oh, but Devin gave you like four 40-point games. I didn't say Devin can't get you 40 points. He put up 70-something points on a losing squad. He can Mm -hmm. give you points all day. So can Bradley Hill. But... Mm -hmm. We're talking about the reason why they got to the playoffs is because they were steadied by the point guard, Chris Paul. So why why do you think Zach Levine is better than Devin Booker? Because as a a prospect, as as a player, as a player, I would take Zach all day. Are you going to sit up here and tell me that if you started a team and they only gave you those two, you would pick Devin? Yes. You're such a liar. No, I'm serious. What has Zach done? Zach scores points on a losing what team. What has Zach done? Hold on. What is Zach scores points on a losing team? Yes. The same thing and you now that he has a squad. Okay, 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 okay. So 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 to that point. <laughs> what has Devin done until before Chris Paul's got there? Exactly. Nothing but score points and empty calories, right? Supposedly, Supposedly. until he actually had a squad around him that mm-hmm. got him to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So now that Zach has a squad around him that can potentially get him to the playoffs, and we expect that of all these players and all their experience, you can now look at Zach differently. And if I had both of them on both playoff teams, I would pick Zach. If Devin Booker and Zach Levine were on the same team, Zach Levine would be a better option, in my opinion, because he can do more on the court. He's more athletic. He can break you down more. Devin Booker has a deadly shot. But you know what I mean. Zach can get to the basket. Zach makes makes offense look way easier than Devin Booker. Nope. Yes. Oh, my God. You know know what, Eric, if you're listening to this right now, Eric, let's let's, let's, let's go to the voice of reason. Eric, if you're listening right now, you're the deciding vote. Is anybody who's listening out here, no one, no who would you take, Zach or Devin Booker? I'll, I'll, I'll make it a poll. I'll make it a poll on on Spotify. Oh my god! Look, what makes what Zach has done better than what Devin Booker did? 
because of the the appearance of athleticism or the athleticism, right? So per, you're saying you're saying appearance. you're saying Zach being more athletic makes him better than Devin Booker. He's a better creator. He's a better yes. He's a better creator. He can a break what? down defense better than Zach. Better than Devin? Yes, just by a little bit, but still better. So he can. Devin does not have the athleticism that Zach does. So because of that difference, that's like saying Derrick Rose versus uh, uh, Rajon Rondo. So because Derrick Rose, Zach can get to the basket better than Devin Booker. That makes him better. I think it's, he make he can he makes offense look easier. I'm not saying that he can get to the better basket better. What I'm saying is he makes offense look easier. I don't know. If I had the potential, look, man. Well, hey, I'm, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. I'm saying, but does he potentially make offense look better, or does he actually make offense look better? I think he makes offense look much easier. Okay. And if you gave them both a playoff team, which I think you've given Zach now this year, there would be no, 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 I wouldn't say no difference, but I think that Zach would be the better player. If you put Zach in, in, in replacement of Devin Booker on the Suns, mm -hmm. I think he would do the exact same thing, but I also think that he would do it a little bit better. Because of the athleticism. What thing would have happened? I don't know. I, it's hard to explain. I, I, I still stand by what I say. It's hard to explain because I still think that Zach is, is better as far as just the scoring. Like, last year, he put up 27-5-5 five and five on almost 50-40-90. I think he can become even more efficient than that on a better team, on a playoff team. And now he's working on his defense. That's another thing. I think Zach is a little bit better on defense as well, especially now because he's tried even harder. And Team USA made sure that that was his role. So, Zach, I, I don't know. That's just me. Zach scored more per game than Devin Booker. Yes. Because... Who else was going to score? Hey, man. I said what I said, okay? okay? And that's your thought. And that's your thought. So who's the best two-guard in the league to you? <laughs> James Harden. You still believe that? Uh, As far as offense goes, obviously we know he can't do a lick on defense. But, yes, James Harden. Totally true. Because of how far and away he is on offense, yes, it's it's James Harden. Okay. Do you want to say Zach? Zach's more athletic. You know what? Does well, James disappears <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh. See, it's been a very long time since we've had a. A real argument in the Stay Out podcast. Zach Randolph. Well, Zach, Zach Levine is, is better than, uh, I call him Zach Randolph. I apologize. Ain't that Joe, that. Oh, ain't boy. That. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on. The best small <laughs> forward in the NBA. The GMs picked Kevin Durant. 
followed by LeBron James. And wow, it's a, kind of a gap between LeBron at second and Kawhi at third. I don't agree with that. But Kawhi <laughs> Lee also receiving votes. Giannis, Luka again, and Chris Middleton. Now, there is a lot of disrespect to small forward. Yep, there is because I'm sorry. I'm getting tired of uh, LeBron needs to needs to go down a few pegs. I, I, I'm not I'm not in the LeBron camp of him being the second or third best small forward anymore. Uh, I put Kevin Durant above him. I put Luca above him and I put Giannis above him. But first, I would put Giannis in front of Kevin Durant. I would go with Giannis. A small forward. Yes. At small forward. I mean, it's on him. Okay. I, I, mean, would, I, would, intertwined. I, would, I would stick with KD. I would go with Kawhi above LeBron. LeBron can sit there at third. Him and Luca are kind of neck and neck. The disrespect to me is, is as much as I like him, Chris Middleton is listed here, and there's no Jason Tatum. All right, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. No, Jason Taylor. All right. Who's the best power forward in the NBA? Now, this is where they're spot on because Giannis is the best power forward in the NBA. Giannis, guess who's number two? You see, here's my thing. Kevin Durant played power forward uh, on uh, Golden State. So, I mean, he's, he's also played power forward before. And he's number three. According to the GM poll. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, two, since I got Giannis at four. Number two is LeBron. Second best power forward in basketball. Not at all. Uh, I got Kevin Durant at, at, at that one because I already said Giannis was small forward. Although, I guess I could switch those out. That, that, that would make more sense. You're right. But Giannis, LeBron's a better power forward than Kevin Durant and anybody else. Who plays power forward? Uh-oh. Let's let's go with it. Best center in the NBA. Uh, who do you think? They got Jokic here first. I, uh, given injury history and all of that, I I will say Jokic. I'm I'm debating on putting Embiid up there, but but Embiid is sometimes ouchy. Lately, he's been okay, but. Anthony Davis definitely is like year to year. He got always got something going on with him, so his his stock has definitely plummeted. Uh, I'll go with Jokic. I like I like what they got up here. Yeah. NBA uh, GM say Jokic, followed by Joel Embiid in a distant second. Giannis and Anthony Davis tied for third, and I, I I'll agree. Jokic is the best center, followed by Embiid. Um, once you get past that, it, I mean, you can play Giannis at the five uh, and be quite successful. But at, once you get past that, it's um, it's I don't care. Yeah, we get into off season moves, and this is where Jordan's uh, his Homer side gets offended. No, it's not Homer. This is and yeah, Homer. whatever. So, which team made the best? Overall moves in the offseason. Number one. Chicago Bulls. Number one, according to the GM, is the Miami Heat. 
and with the acquisition of all-star Kyle Lowry, who everyone seems Ooh. to think will be a great fit on that team, and maybe the one piece they needed to thrive. The Lakers. Wow. The Lakers were number two. They made some moves, some acquisitions, acquiring Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony while getting rid of Cal Kuzma. They also got Rajon Rondo back. Whoa. The Lakers have assembled the 2008 All-Star team. The Brooklyn Nets, number three, tied with the Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards. Also receiving votes, the Chicago Bulls. So the Bulls were like fifth. Then the Knicks, Thunder, Suns, Trailblazers. And I'm going to tell you what that Mm. comes from. Mm. You're a homer, so you're not going to understand this. I want to tell you what that comes from. Oh, excuse me? Oh, you think I don't have the capacity to understand? Or you think I'm just going to ignore the obvious? You don't, you don't have the capacity. But I'm going to, I'm going to try to explain that, it. That, that, that cut deep. Okay, Bulls, go ahead. Bulls brain, Bulls brain gets you sometimes, buddy. Um, a lot of people don't agree with DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Like, you know how I, we explained last week that I see a Kawhi Paul George similar dynamic there um, with obviously DeRozan being more of a Kawhi mid range and Zach being the more of a slasher slash deep shooter like PG. Um, I see that with the Bulls, but a lot of people think DeMar DeRozan doesn't fit that dynamic. They think that. Zach and DeMar going to kind of clash in styles a bit. Hmm. And they don't like what the Bulls gave up for DeMar. So okay. a lot of GMs were like, eh, they could have done better. Because they, they, they paid him too, so. But what would you do? Would you have the Bulls number one? Um, I wouldn't have the number one. I would probably have them two or three. Miami Heat, I think, did make some good moves. I think Cal Lowry is overrated, uh, but at the same time, uh, overrated for that team. Yeah, I think he's overrated. Period. Uh, for that team, sure, that's a nice move. Um, PJ Tucker is also a low key under the radar pickup. That's very good for that team coming off a championship. Uh, so yeah, then you got a a, a more focused. Tyler Hero and other players getting better. So I guess he's more focused. He looks like he's putting up points now. He, maybe he doesn't want to be an Instagram model anymore. But regardless of that, what I am what I mean is Miami probably does have the best offseason by a little. I think Chicago, for what they were and what they are now, regardless of how people feel about DeMar DeRozan, I think that they've had a better offseason because – of the age of who they also brought in, the age of talent. Lonzo Ball is a... This is pre-prime Lonzo Ball. I mean, Lonzo is like, what, 22, 23? And he, he's he's finally getting a chance to go back to playing his normal point guard style of play. Uh, you got, 49. obviously, Jamar. Huh? Jamar's 49, though. 
Okay, so anyway, uh, you got Alex Caruso, who is very, very good. He's more, he's better than actually what I thought. Uh, you have a decent piece Caruso. in Tony Bradley. Is it? Oh, what? I told you Caruso was going to be good. I didn't say he wasn't. I, I, I just oh, thought he's, I just think he's, he's proven to me more. I didn't watch Lakers games, so I didn't really get a good idea of how good he was. I just always thought he was a really good bench player, but he legit has game. He has a game and uh, he's going to help out because he has that championship pedigree as well. So I think that was a really good pickup alongside uh, some of the other savvy moves of getting uh, Ayo Desumu at 38th in the draft, who has first round talent, uh, getting Derek Jones Jr., who has length and athleticism and defense at the three spot, a three and D, well, not three and D, but a, a, a good defensive slasher type player. Uh, you you got you got a, you got a decent amount of pickups for this year. Okay, this whole team is brand new. He's so okay. yeah, I, I put Chicago up there a little bit more, but Miami, yeah, probably is number one. So you made all that fuss to say Miami's still number one. I just want Chicago to get more respect. I don't think that they should have just received votes. They should be in the top three, top two. Right. That's my argument. Lakers got Russell Westbrook. Well, whoop de doo Did I'm, you see I'm, how he played when he actually played alongside James Harden? And, 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 and he I, wasn't I, the main ball handler? It's fine, but I'm going to just give it to you on, on, on a layman's level. Right? Okay. So, Lakers got Russell Westbrook. Bulls got Lonzo Ball. Like, to the... To the casual, right? Or even the GMs, like, look, Russell Westbrook is still a triple-double guy. Lonzo Ball is, yeah, the arrow's pointing up, but potential gets GMs fired. So, mm-hmm. and I, don't don't get me wrong, I, Russell Westbrook on the Lakers is, is definitely not a fit. But I'm just, I'm saying what the reasoning could be going into that. Right. Okay. Which Perfect. leads to which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? By far, the GM said Kyle Lowry. And then number two was Russell Westbrook. So by far, the GM said Kyle Lowry will make the biggest impact in getting them to what they voted was the third best team in the East. But <laughs> Russell Westbrook was second. Also receiving votes, Spencer Dinwiddie going to Washington to play with Bradley Beal. <laughs> now, I think that's an underrated move. Dinwiddie was was doing work before the yeah. chaos in uh in Brooklyn. Um, I agree. Also, we talked about this last week. Jonas Valanciunas in New Orleans. Even though I think New Orleans mm-hmm. is going to move him again. Hopefully here. But... But New Orleans, I think, is going to move him again. What was the most underrated player acquisition? Now, this left me scratching my head a bit. Um, the GM said Larry Nance Jr. to Portland. I agree with number two, Patty Mills to Brooklyn. I think that's underrated. Uh, again, Spencer Dinwiddie to Washington. Number four, Lonzo Ball to Chicago. 
Number five, Kimba in New York. Also receiving votes. Here you go. This is, this is, this is chock full of a Chicago presence here. You got Caruso in mm -hmm. Chicago, DeRozan in Chicago, Drummond in Philadelphia. I don't get that, but okay. Devontae Graham in New Orleans, Jeff Green in Denver. I like that. Schroeder in Boston. I actually like that. And again, Valanchunas in New Orleans. Larry Nance Jr. in Portland puzzles me. Mm -hmm. No, I'm good on that one. Who do they think he is? I think they think he is Blake Griffin, apparently, in his prime. Eddie Mills in Brooklyn, I think, is extremely underrated, especially considering that Kyrie is going through the saga that he's going through. Patty Mills isn't Kyrie, but he's yeah. a very, very good player. Yeah, I agree. That's who I would have in one. Yeah, and then you can scooch lines a little bit. Yeah, you know, just show them a little bit more more, more respect. Oh, I, I'm cool oh, with this. Right down. You're going to get your respect here. Which team will be the most in no, 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 no. That's you doggone right. There we go. Which team there we go. Now we talking about The Chicago Bulls. That percentage needs to be in the 70s. Why? Just be Te technically speaking. Now, te let's look at this technically, right? The Bulls will be very improved. But if you look at this technically, where did the Lakers finish last year? Seventh, right? Yeah, Golden State was like okay. last or something, right? Golden State was ninth. So if you're picking the Warriors to be like fourth and the Lakers to win the West, wouldn't technically the mm -hmm. Lakers be the most improved team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Bulls followed number two by the Warriors, tied with the Lakers for two. Number three, the Hornets. Number four, the Pelicans, tied with the Raptors. Also receiving votes, the Mavericks, the Rockets. Rockets got improved from where they were. Can't do much worse. Grizzlies, Heat, yeah. Timberwolves, Kings, and the Wiz. You going down, you going down the road. Oh. <laughs> I thought of the Wiz. What was the most surprising move of the offseason? Hmm. Westbrook to the Lakers. I wasn't surprised. No, I wasn't surprised at that move at all. It's hometown. LeBron always gets what he wants. In some form or fashion, um, it happens, right? Yeah. Lonzo, to me, didn't wasn't even a surprise either. I will say DeMar to Chicago, because I didn't expect that after even after they got Lonzo... I didn't expect them to be going after him. I thought that they would have tried to get somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I didn't think that they would try to still get someone to the degree of DeMar on their team. So for me, I would still say DeMar to Chicago was a surprise. Yeah. I actually saw Lonzo to Chicago coming. I think the only... The only person that voted for Lonzo to Chicago is probably Chicago. It might have been Chicago's front office um, because they're trying to take the heat off this investigation. Everybody and their uncle knew that Lonzo was coming to Chicago. Uh, that's why they're being investigated. Also receiving votes. And this was a surprise. 
Danny Ainge stepping down. That should have been number one. Nobody saw that coming. Mm. Zach Collins going to San Antonio. Devontae Graham in New Orleans. Mason Plumlee to Charlotte. Ben Simmons not reporting to training camp. Well, that's over now. P.J. Tucker to Miami was a surprise. Kimba's buyout was also a surprise. So let's talk rookies and international players. Who's rookie of the year, 2021-22? K seems to be kind of staggering out the gate. So uh, I will give it to Jalen Green because Jalen is probably going to be able to just have complete reign of what he wants to do. I don't think there'll be any limits to what the coach allows him to do on the court. So, cause Houston again is in that rebuilding phase. So him and Kevin Porter are just going to kind of eat. Um, Jalen Green. Yeah. Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. One of the Jalen's is going to win rookie of the year. Kate, yeah, and Kate is in a decent position to uh to win Rookie of the Year. But yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. Green, Houston, Houston. I mean, Kevin Porter is gonna is a black hole, but Green's gonna find a way to get some shots up. And Green plays defense, so he might make some impact on the defensive end as well. Kate Cunningham came in second. The the GMs agree, Green for the Rookie of the Year. Kate Cunningham second. Jalen Suggs third. Davion Mitchell in Sacramento and Sangoon in Houston gets some votes as well. And don't sleep on Book Night either. Book Night might pull something out. In, uh, uh, yeah, I do like Book Night. Yeah. In uh, Charlotte. So, And we'll get to him soon. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? The GMs think Evan Mobley in Cleveland. Then Kate, then Jalen Green, then Jalen Suggs, then Mitchell. Who do you have? I actually am going to throw a monkey wrench in this. I'm going to say Davion Mitchell. Reason being is because Davion Mitchell is already one of the better defenders in the league. He came in with the reputation of being very, very good on defense. Nickname is Off Night. Off Night. And he's shown that. Yeah, I like that. That's dope. And he's shown that even in the league so far. So if you already got that side of the ball down pack, plus even in college in Baylor, you can tell he has some good offense. He has dribbles. So if he just continues to play or, or get better at that side of the ball, you know, you're talking about maybe even a Donovan Mitchell, which is who they compared him to, oddly enough, coming out of uh, Baylor. So I could see Davion Mitchell kind of being the surprise guy here. For me, I'm going to go with Kate. Ball in his hands going to control the offense for the next 10 years. I can see that too. That makes I'm sense. I'm a Jalen Suggs fan as well, but I see Cade. Cade, Cade is he's going to cash in on, on the promise. Which rookie was the biggest steal where he was selected in the draft? GM thought it was Jalen Suggs at number 5, Singoon in Houston at 16, Book Knight number 3 uh, in Charlotte, drafted at number 11. Tied with Jalen Johnson at 20 and Trey Murphy at 17 from New Orleans. What say you? Okay, so. Here we go. 
<laughs> I know he knows I'm, knows what I'm going to say because it's total disrespect for this player. But okay, I'll I, I, I'll give the non-homer pick. Alperin Singun, nobody really, really knows about, and they're comparing him to a young Jokic, and I've seen his game. I think Singun is underrated for what he could possibly do. And again, you're on a team that is just developing. They're not expected to go anywhere. They don't have playoff aspirations. They don't have championship aspirations. So when you're on a team like that, you can just continue to grow and not be 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 punished for making mistakes so the the you know you got him Jalen and, and Kevin and I think Singoon eventually will grow into a really good all-around player based off of what I see so I say he's a steal at 16 however if we really want to talk about steals I'm going back to my homer pick at freaking 38 Ayo Dusunmu was picked Yes, to the Chicago Bulls. Yes, he's from Illinois. Yes, he's from Chicago. But you're talking about somebody who has lottery talent. Looking at the people that were picked in the lottery, looking at the people that were picked in the lottery and how they played in college versus how he played, there is no reason why Ayo Desumu should have fell out of the first round. If you can pick Singoon, if you can put pick Book Knight, who's on Connecticut, a stacked team, you should also have Io up there. Io averaged 26 and 5 for the last two years. Always was clutch. I don't care what your face says, Chris. Io Desumo was extremely disrespected. At 38, that is the biggest steal. I'm done. Are you? No, because I really want to see what you got to say. A huge steal, even to the point where he's doing uh, he's doing mop up time for the Bulls right now. Because they the coach doesn't think he's a big steal. Um, um then also. Also, whatever. If I want to stop Io, I just got to draft somebody from Loyola. I'm not against. Oh, I'm not against Io. I'm just not one of those people. Like even if you remember the pre-draft stuff, Io was a late first-round guy. Yes, there's always a couple guys who are up for the Naismith Player of the Year in college who end up being eh in the NBA. That's going to be Io. I mean, oh. He'll be a serviceable player. When we talk about steals, you're talking about high, these. These are going to be high ceiling guys. So you're going to have some major swings and misses because you're 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 really working counter to your Zach Booker argument by going with Io. So now you're saying no, I'm not. now you're saying the least athletic player is the best player because of his numbers, as opposed to the no, guy what I'm saying numbers. But he's more athletic and has more potential. Look here, man. Don't try to twist me up, okay? The steal, the whole definition of a steal is where you got that person versus what they also could potentially be. 
at 38 in the low part of the second round, in the middle part of the second round, mm-hmm. IO was available. Mm-hmm. And you picked the dude from Michigan went into the lottery. Mo Wagner's brother went like 10th or 9th. Wagner. Are you kidding me? You telling me that he's a better prospect than somebody that can actually break you down and has a better all-around game than somebody who's just another spot-up shooter? No. Break who down? And the reason... Huh? Break who down? NBA player? Uh, have you seen him in a play? Have you seen him play recently? For the Bulls? Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to table this discussion. I'm going to table it because I know where this is going to go. And you're not going to give me any any leverage, any any leeway. You're not going to give me an itch. I, I was asking Io DeSumo. It's okay. Like no, hold on. No, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, 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 yeah. He is what he is. Right. Yeah. All right. Who yeah, is got the you. international what, what, player in the NBA? Oh, my God. Who is the best Chris. international player in the NBA? Hey, we we we, we know this, this right? Is, it's Giannis, yeah, Luka, Jokic. They got this one right. Where's Io from? Is he is he from any other place? <laughs> Maybe is Zach Levine from from the islands? We'll throw him in there. He's better than Luka. You know what? Where's Felicio at right now? Felicio. I got Felicio. Gooby. <laughs> hey, you know, he's killing in the German league right now. I could kill in the German league. <laughs> unless unless, nah, Dirk, has a, unless Dirk has a kid playing over there. I'm... <laughs> Who is the best international no. player not in the NBA? Oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. We're gonna go with the old hometown hero. We don't even, we don't even have any Nikola Miritich. Nikola Miritich. He's back back home killing it, right? And let's get it. Let's be yeah. real. Nikola was a solid player here. But yeah, he no, he, he, didn't, he didn't he didn't want to deal with the lifestyle and the rough play and he wanted to go back home. And he was yeah, homesick. That dead. affected his. That affected his game too. Uh, Basile Micic. Micic. He's okay. Victor Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. Victor Wimbanyama. We need Fran Fashilla. He gets all these Wakanda names. Forever. We talked about cultural sensitivity training last week. <laughs> I didn't go yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> also receiving votes, Mark Gasol, Mike James, and Nikola Jovich. So there's a lot of Nikolas. Wait, why is Mike uh, James on there? Oh, that Mike James. Different Mike James. Mike James is a very common name, Jordan. I was about to say, because Mike James, I remember, was black. Okay, let's get to the side of the ball that that's matters. It's grimy. We talking about <laughs> you got to talk like this when you're a defensive coach, like Tibbs. <laughs> That's how you get defense out of people. Who's the best defensive player in the NBA? Let's let's pick this up. We're running low on times. Best defensive player. Uh, in the NBA. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going, Giannis. I agree, Giannis Antetokounmpo. A distant second, Rudy Gobert. Drew Holiday's third. Tyler Kawhi Leonard. 
Ben Simmons fourth, I agree. Also receiving votes still, Jimmy Butler somehow. Uh, Anthony Davis and Draymond Green. I, I have no qualms with this list. Is there a bull you'd like to see on here? No? Ayo DeSumo. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the best perimeter defender in the NBA? Number one, Drew Holiday. Number two, Ben Simmons. Number three, Jimmy Butler, tied with Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's what you'd like to think. Uh, number <laughs> The next is Giannis Antetokounmpo, also receiving votes. Patrick Beverly, who's now in Minnesota. And Marcus Smart, Patrick Beverly, who Russell Westbrook says has everybody fooled. I still have Kawhi Leonard over Jimmy Butler any day of the week. But not, not too many qualms with this list either. Seems like the GMs know who, who plays defense. <laughs> Who's the best interior yeah, defender in the NBA? Uh, any bulls you want to put in here before? Zach, Zach uh, Levine? Yeah. Uh, where, where's Nikola Vucevic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Nikola Vucevic couldn't stop a door from closing. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Okay, fine. That's yeah. period definitive. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Giannis, uh, number two. Anthony Davis, number three. And that's all they listed. I'd like. I'd like to see a little more respect for Josh uh, Allen in Cleveland. Not Josh Allen. Jared. Yeah. Allen. Jared. I put him on the list. I put him yeah. on here as, as getting votes. Quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. Who's the most versatile defender in the Jared NBA? Yeah. Yes, I'm Jared Allen. Most versatile defender in the NBA. <laughs> this list becomes a joke after number two. Uh, number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number two, Ben Simmons. Number three, LeBron James. I don't know what games they're watching. Number four, Draymond Green. Number tied for fourth is Kawhi Leonard. Also receiving votes, Bam, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. I love it all except LeBron. LeBron. LeBron picks spots. He can play defense, but he can't play sustained defense. I mean, if you want to say he can guard one through five at any given point in the game, it depends on who your five is. Yeah, 10 years ago. It depends on, it depends on who your five is and who your one is. Like, he has no interest. <laughs> Who's the best yeah, defender in, in, in the NBA? Number one, Milwaukee Bucks. Number two, Utah Jazz. Number three, L.A. Lakers. I actually can't disagree. The numbers show the Lakers were good defensively last year. Number if, four, if, if I had to pick, I'd put up Miami. I put, put up Miami. Miami up. Yes, yes. Who's number four? Number also receiving votes the Knicks. That's just Tibbs. Uh, the Sixers and the Suns. All all these are good, solid defensive teams, including the Lakers. I think they fall off. Because I actually think Kuzma was a solid defender. Caruso was a solid defender. And they're gone now. And you replace them with Russell Westbrook, who's who can be another guy who can be good in spurts, but not consistently. Mm. That's it. Yeah, but they are old. They're not all old. I'm not I'm not I'm not giving that dude the satisfaction of saying they're old. The Lakers are right where they should be. Okay? They have a good team that is expecting to win a championship. No one is doubting the L.A. Lakers, LeBron. No one's doubting you. So now, win. <laughs> Let's get into coaches. <laughs> and this is extremely interesting. 
and uh, the best coach in the NBA. I, mm-hmm. I I'm 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 right here with this actually, except except the last one. Number one, Spo Eric Spoelstra in Miami. Number two, Monty Williams in Phoenix. Number three, Quinn Snyder in Utah. Number four, Pop in San Antonio. And five, Bootenhoser in Milwaukee. Oh, what a difference a ring makes. Mm-hmm. Now, Bootenhoser is the five best coaches in the NBA. I still don't think yeah, okay. No. I'm a big, big Quinn Snyder fan. Big Quinn Snyder fan. I think he is potentially the best coach in the NBA. He and Spore like that for me. Monty Williams is top three, too. I like what he did. That's a big difference, too. It ain't just Chris Paul. If you, if you watch the way Monty Williams approaches that team and deals with that team, he plays a large role. Because even in games where Chris Paul was out, Monty Williams was coaching his tail off, getting him some victories. Yeah. And this is the second year in a row that the GMs have said Spolster is the best coach in the league. Who is the best manager motivator of people? As far as coaches, number one, well, you kind of you kind of alluded to it. Yeah, number two, Steve Kerr. He did. He even with those bad teams, he kept them engaged. Mm-hmm. Ron Lou, <laughs> Pop, Spo, all tied. Also receiving votes, Nate McMillan, strong comeback. Steve Nash, I like that. Yeah. What, Steve Nash, like what is he? What is he telling guys? Pass the ball to Kevin. Hmm. I put Nate McMillan above Teron Lou. Yes. Yes, I do too. Steve, I mean, Steve Nash, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just not saying he's good. He kind of came in into a good situation. People want to talk about what Kirk walked into. What about what Steve Nash walked into? And Doc Rivers from Philadelphia. Uh, Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers isn't necessarily best manager of people. Doc Rivers influences his players better than any team in the better than any coach in the NBA because Doc Rivers, when he goes to a team, they become panickers just like him. Which head coach mm-hmm. makes the best in-game adjustments? Number one, Teron Luke. I don't know what they're looking at, but okay, whatever. I, I, two, I, like I. Number two, no beef, Rick Carlisle. I think Rick Carlisle's a good coach, man. Um, Eric Spolstra, number three, Nick Nurse, number four, Quinn Snyder, yeah, top four like with Nick Nurse, huh? I like Nurse and Snyder. I, I don't, I don't like Lou. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what they're seeing in Lou. Budenholzer shouldn't have even gotten any. Well, Budenholzer should get a vote in the finals. Budenholzer finally in 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 the conference finals and in the NBA finals. We started making actual adjustments. I don't know who got in his ear. But he started actually changing things so they can win as opposed to it'll work. Um, Tibbs. Tibbs makes adjustments mostly defensively. I don't see Doc. Frank Vogel has always been an underrated coach. He's, I think he's in a tough spot in L.A. to where he's got to do certain things. Otherwise, it's all on him. No, no. Mm-hmm. Which coach, run, coach runs the best offense? Quinn Snyder, mm-hmm. number one. I think it's Monty, but Quinn Snyder's number one. Steve Kerr runs a good offense. Um, we're still getting numbers out of. I told you it was it was um, Steph Curry and uh, Stadium Vendors. 
and he was still getting points. Um, Mike Budenholzer. But you know what? They looked good when Giannis wasn't playing. So Budenholzer did. Yeah. Um, Steve Nash, again, I'm wondering, like, I guess balancing the three of those guys for the 12 games they played together made Steve Kerr run the best offense. (laughs) Eric Spolstra, Monty Williams. I think Monty has a good offense. Uh, Rick Carlisle, Chris Finch in Minnesota, and Mike Malone got some votes. I think Mike Malone needs to be higher up on this list as far as his offense, too. He, Mike Malone makes some really regular players look good. Yeah. Which head coach makes the best, has the best defensive schemes? I mean, we know. We, we've we lived it. Right? Ice! Yeah, Tom, Tommy one. Tommy T. Budenholzer number two. Quinn Snyder, I think he needs to be in front of Budenholzer, but he's number three. Vogel, Nurse, Spolstra, also receiving votes. There's a love affair with Teron Luke and Doc Rivers uh, and Monty Williams with Phoenix. Which new or relocated head coach will make the biggest impact on his team? Rick Carlisle, Indiana, running away with that one. I, I'm with him. Uh, Udoka and Boston. I, yeah. I'm eager to see Yudoka with Boston and see what, what they do. Jason, I do too. I like Yudoka. Jason Kidd in Dallas. Also receiving votes. Chauncey Billups in Portland. Jamal Mosley in Orlando. And Wes Unsell Jr. in Washington. Best assistant coach in the NBA. And the Bulls were trying to make a run at this guy. Uh, Kenny Atkinson. He ended up going to Golden State. Mm-hmm. Tied with Darvin Ham uh, in Milwaukee. Scotty Brooks. Best assistant, worst head coach in Portland. Uh, Vanterpool in Brooklyn. I've, I've liked Vanterpool for a minute. Uh, Nate Tibbetts in Orlando. Also receiving votes. Mark Bryant, Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni. Didn't know he was in New Orleans with Willie Green. Alex Jensen in Utah. Jay Laranaco with the Clippers. So on and so forth. But John Lucas in Houston. Lloyd Pierce in Indiana. Damon Stoudemire went to Boston with Ime Udoka. Some names there. And that's 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 the roster of names that you look at and that your GMs are looking at as the next guy up. So when you see this, best assistant coach in the NBA on the GM survey, these are the guys that are on those short lists to interview for your for your front offices. Mm-hmm. Which active player will be the best head coach someday? Perennially number one, Chris CP three. Number two, Rajon Rondo. Number three, TJ McConnell. I actually agree with that. Number four, Mike Conley. Tied for number four. Also, Udonis Haslam and Garrett Temple. I like Haslam, but what is he going to do? Is he just going to like stare at people and make them make jump shot? Uh, also mm-hmm. getting votes. Harrison Barnes. Malcolm Brogdon. Draymond Green. Joe Ingles. LeBron James. LeBron James would be a terrible coach. And Patty Mills. I like Draymond Green because Draymond Green's already coaching. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Yeah, he's already a player. He's coaching already. Um, Joe Ingles. Eh. Now for the miscellaneous section. Let's zoom through this. Which team is the most fun to watch? Brooklyn Nets, Golden State Warriors, Atlanta Hawks, Charlotte Hornets, Dallas Mavericks, Denver Nuggets, Lakers, Suns, 
getting votes. Also, Utah, Utah Jazz, Memphis Grizzlies. Anything you disagree with here? I think the Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Yes, yes I, I agree. I've had fun watching the Bulls so far. Let's see what happens when they start to play real teams and their real defenses. Which team has the best home court advantage? Utah Jazz still for years. Mm. Um, Denver Nuggets, the Knicks, the Blazers. Also receiving votes, Warriors, Heat, Bucks, Sixers, Suns. Most promising young core. Yeah, I agree with this. Atlanta Hawks. Like, is everybody on that team under 25? Except the <laughs> I think so, man. Gracious. You, you mean you got Trey Young, Sharif Cooper, John Collins, and, like they got a herder. Uh only problem is when you, when you have that at some point, gotta pay up. That's true. That's true. Number two, Houston Rockets. Number three, Boston Celtics. Number four, Grizzlies. Or tie for three are the Grizzlies and the Pelicans and the Suns. Also receiving votes, the Hornets, the Nuggets, the Pistons, and the Timberwolves. Which player is the most athletic? Zion Williamson? What? Because he's, <laughs> he's really strong and jumps. I but can't doesn't have the endurance to play longer than 25 minutes. I'm an athlete. Don't get me started. I'm strong and can jump. I just can't run for longer than five minutes. I'm an athlete. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo's too. Anthony Edwards. I he's super athletic, dude. Zach Levine, obviously. John Morant, obviously. Uh, also receiving votes. Still LeBron James. Ben Simmons. Hamadou Diallo. Derek Jones. LeBron James isn't even the most athletic player on his team. Uh, Derek Jones is there. Yeah, that's all screwed up, but whatever. Best pure shooter in the league. If your last name ain't yeah, Curry, you can forget it. Steph Curry. 90% also receiving votes. Seth Curry. So <laughs> all in the family. Oh, everybody, everybody is scoring. Even Sonia. That's another story. Kevin Durant, uh, Duncan Robinson, also listed. Player who's fastest with the ball. D Aaron Fox. Okay. Let me ask you a question. What? Not that this would happen. Sacramento Kings come to you and they say, we'll give you De'Aaron Fox. Oh, here we you go. Give us Lonzo Ball and Pat Williams. No, I'm good. I was doing that to test your homerism. Jordan, there's something wrong with you. Um... <laughs> Aaron Fox, Alonzo okay. Ball, and Pat Williams. Hmm. Do me a favor when, when we end the podcast, go on um, Pro Basketball Reference, and I want you to look at what De'Aaron Fox has done. You might change your mind. I asked I say, I, I the same question. Has nothing to do. This has nothing to do with his, his his actual performance. I think for the team that we have now, Lonzo is a perfect fit. And I think that 
Patrick Williams will turn into a very good player. So I'm not going to give two people up for one person that is is pretty good too. For what we have, Lonzo is good enough because he does what he's supposed to do. And he's a better shooter. I want you to go on pro basketball reference. <laughs> I want you to look at De'Aaron Fox. And I'll ask you this question next week. Uh-huh. Also fast yeah, with the ball, John Morant, Russell Westbrook, and Ish Smith. Ish Smith is a sleeper on this list every year. Best player moving without the ball, <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> also Duncan Robinson, Clay Thompson. He's coming back. Devin Booker. Michael Bridges, Seth Curry, and Doug McDermott. Which player in the NBA is the best passer? <sighs> Who's the best passer in the NBA, Jordan? It, it ain't. It ain't this guy. Number one, LeBron James, tied with Jokic for number one. Chris Paul is number two. Lucas is number. Luka Doncic number three. Why isn't Luka number one? Also getting votes, LaMelo Ball. Fasundo Campazzo. I like Fasundo Campazzo. I like him. I like him a lot. I think you just like saying his name. That too, but he's he's a he's a feisty little point guard, isn't he? <laughs> he's just yeah, little, he is. He, he's, he's just a little, a little hedgehog. He's, he's another, he's another uh, uh, what do you call that guy from Cleveland? It's another one of those from that factory. Yeah, he's a Dova Dova. He's, he's got more talent than Dova Dova. He's just a feisty little. He's a hedgehog, I man. Just, yeah, I just get this feistiness. Yeah, you're right. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Trey Young. Trey Young should actually have gotten more votes than. Well, never mind. Which player is the best leader? Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the best leader. I agree with that. The history of the NBA. You can book that, first of all. Number two. And Why B, is Jimmy Butler on here? Butler's a solid leader on that team. He fits. Remember, we talked about this. He fits that team. Um, LeBron James. Kyle Lowry is a better leader than Jimmy on that team. Let's find out. LeBron is number two. Dame Lillard is number three. Giannis, number four. Jimmy Butler. Curry, Jokic getting votes. Most versatile player in the NBA. Oh my god. This is this is this, this okay. All right. Hurry, hurry this James. up. This is getting Giannis and the Kumbo, Kevin Durant, Luca, and Kawhi. Which player has basketball IQ in the NBA? LeBron James. <laughs> Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic. They're, basically, they're still saying LeBron James is the best player in the NBA without saying it, even though they say Kevin Durant. Everything else they're saying is LeBron James. Which they're just trying would, to make sure that he still stays relevant. Which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line? Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Luka Doncic, Ty with Jokic, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to skip the rule. So that's your GM survey um, for the year. And we are going to quickly, quickly go into... We're going to make this our version of the Stayos list. Why not? Our NBA predictions here from the Stayos podcast. So who's going to win 
the East. As for who's going to have the best record in the season? Uh, the best record, uh, I will probably go with either uh, Brooklyn or Miami. Miami is a sleeper pick to have the best record in the East, I think. So give me your uh, your top eight in the East when it's all said and done, after all the play-ins are done. What's your, what's your playoff lineup? Playoff lineup? Uh, I am going to go with Brooklyn, Miami, Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, Chicago, Atlanta, Boston, Indiana. Brooklyn, Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Chicago. Atlanta, Boston, Boston, Boston. Atlanta, oh, Boston, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep. So you're saying the Bulls are better than Atlanta? I'm saying their record will be. They're not playing all 82 against Atlanta, but I think their record will be better. No New York? Uh, they'll be in the play-in. Hmm. Right, for me, this is how the East will play out. We're going to see Brooklyn number one, Milwaukee number two, Philadelphia number three, Miami number four, Boston number five, Atlanta number six, New York number seven, Chicago number eight, Indiana number nine. Okay. And I think it'll be for the first time in a while, a formidable Eastern Conference I think I had Chicago eight, right? Even at eight, I think yep. Chicago will have 49 wins. And I will be happy, happy to be wrong. Happy to be wrong. What do you have going on out west? Uh, out west, I'm going to go with Utah being first. I agree. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Denver having the second best record. I agree. Uh, then I would say if all things go right, probably Golden State third, uh, LA Lakers fourth, Phoenix fifth. No, Phoenix fourth, LA Lakers fifth, Clippers sixth, then Dallas and Portland. Okay, so this is where I stand Utah number one, Denver two, Lakers three, Phoenix four, Golden State. Five Clippers six, Dallas, Portland seven, Memphis eight, Dallas nine. Hmm. I think Memphis is the play-in, but that's a good one. I could see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, who you have coming out of the East? Uh. All bias aside, I would say Brooklyn Nets. And they will be playing. Well, I'll, I'll just keep it at that for now. Brooklyn Nets. I have Milwaukee. I think um, the Kyrie saga will be their undoing. Who do you have coming out of the West? 
Uh, Utah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to go with Denver, finally, out of the West. Uh, Jamal Murray, I don't know what what point he comes back, but when he comes back, if he comes back, 80% of Jamal Murray. I have Denver coming out of the West. So Milwaukee and Denver. I didn't even think about being there last year. You're right. Sorry, NBA. (laughs) Oh, Sorry, NBA. It's not going to be your dream matchups that you're going to have with all your star power. Milwaukee and Denver, but you got you got Brooklyn and Utah. Oh. Um, so obviously you have Brooklyn winning it all. Uh, no, I have Utah winning it all. Utah beating Brooklyn. Yeah, I have Milwaukee repeating in six over Denver. I love making predictions. Um, because people are going to be like, well, you predicted, and I'm going to be like, it doesn't matter. I don't make money off of this. <laughs> right. It's like, like, these are just our thoughts. Oh, looks like I was wrong. So what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> well, you said I did, didn't I? And I can change my mind, too. So, like, three months from now, we'll be into the season. I'll be like, you know what? It really looks like the Golden State Warriors are going to take it. But you said, I did. Now guess what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. It's right. ridiculous. You can change it, yeah. You can change it. And this week is Bears-Packers week. All right? Absolutely. So we can't go without saying that. No. There's Packers week in our miscellaneous topics. Um, go Bears. I I think, contrary to popular opinion, I think the Bears may have a shot here in this game. The defense has been playing solid football. Looked really good last week against the Raiders. Um, yep. And I think the defense can keep them in the game. Uh, Justin Fields, if he can make... The right amount of plays here and there, they can they can pull one out. They can pull one out. So, I think so too. I, I think that uh, if everybody's healthy and plays, I think Hakeem may be back this week. Khalil was always neck, nicked up, but you know he's going to play no matter what. And then I think Allen Robinson had an issue with the ankle or something, but I think they should be good by Sunday. Justin Fields is continuing to uh, mature, and let's see if he takes the next step and. Beats the beats the Packers. That would be nice. So we could take over first place. And it's in Chicago. So you're gonna have that yes, home stadium rocking. Um oh yeah. Noon kickoff. So get your popcorn, get your snacks, get your pizza. Or if you're healthy like Tom Brady, go get your tofu and uh your iced air and you can eat that. <laughs> some reason that dude isn't aging like I, I watched the Thursday night game Tom Brady's amazing he's running faster now I saw him on one of the videos finally I mean for the people who hate it on him can we finally just say it? this dude's amazing yeah 
Are you know how the NBA constantly reminds us that LeBron's 36 or 37, this is his 19th year, and you ready for your healthy helping of that all year? Tom Brady is 59 years old, and he's he's playing like this. He's amazing. Now, yeah, his arm is going to get a little limp and go a little noodly toward the end of the year because, I mean, he is, he is old. But somehow he's still going to find a way. Like some of the, did you see some of the throws he was making Thursday? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the throw to Alec and Antonio Brown to ice the game. That was a really pin, pin, that was an accurate throw. Ooh, my guy. It, it was. And I, I, want, I want him to not be amazing, but he's amazing. Yeah, it is what it is. Go Bears. Stay as podcast. Go Sky. Game three. Game Go four. Sky. You know, you know. <laughs> um, WNBA can't get enough of it, but the Sky are. <laughs> But I'm, I'm for it. I'm for Chicago winning. The Sky are doing their thing out here. They are um, they're one win away from winning a WNBA championship. Chicago's first WNBA championship. So, you know, go Sky once again. Parker. Shout out, shout out to Candace Parker. Wherever she, you she are, she doesn't want you, Jordan. Um, Candace Parker, you don't know that. You know. Oh, Sky. So they play Monday? No, they play tomorrow, Chris. Oh, they play yesterday night and it spills into tomorrow. They're, are they going to play while the Bears <laughs> game is on again? They're going to do that again? They're playing at 2 o'clock. So the Bears game oh, is yes. on at 12. So, yeah. So you'll still catch the meaty part of the Sky game. Will not. You're going to be busy watching. Yeah, you. You'll be busy watching the Bears game. Why did they? Why did I'm they switch you back and forth? Okay. No, you're not. <laughs> oh yes, I am. You think I'm playing? No, you're I not. can't wait to see this guy win this championship. I will probably switch over when it's like in the third quarter or something. If it's at two o'clock, that means the Bears will probably be in the third quarter or more. And uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be switching just to see to keep tabs. You be switching, and then and then right. and then when they turn their head, you be watching football again. <laughs> I'll be talking. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, go Sky, go Bears. It's it's a fantastic Sunday. Thanks, thank you, guys. In your area, in the building. Appreciate y'all falling through. I'm gonna try a little something new. You know, we're gonna try to grow the brand a yeah. bit. You know, you see my John Madden hands. We're gonna we're gonna try to try to get some things done around here. Chris, this guy's Jordan. Stay oh, out yeah. Hello. All right, man.